Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. No winter snow, but I'm going to be under the mistletoe. I don't want to miss out on the That's what I'm talking about here. But I can't stop staring at your face. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Markson in for Mike. Hope you're having a great Christmas season. Hanukkah started last night. If you're celebrating that, happy Hanukkah. And uh, Merry Christmas. It's going to be a great season here in the Valley of the Sun. A little chilly, but sunny. That's what you like, right? Uh, we are keeping a, an absolute eye on uh, the Kerry Lake election lawsuit. Motion to dismiss oral argument is happening as we speak. I am watching it as we speak, and I will tell you, uh, which is incredible, that I can talk and uh, watch at the same time. It's very, very impressive. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you that uh, Kerry Lake's lawyer uh, has just recently finished his argument. Um, and I'll, from a lawyer's perspective, I'll tell you the way this works is when you bring a motion, you, the lawyer who brings the motion gets to make his, uh, his argument. The other lawyer on the other side gets to respond. And then the lawyer who brought the argument, uh, brought the motion, gets to reply. And then that's the end of it. It stops. Uh, Kurt Olson, who's representing Kerry Lake, asked for rebuttal time after the uh, the defendants get their reply time and there were their rebuttal time and the judge said uh, that's not how it, that's not the way it works and you knew that before you asked uh, and uh, and the lawyer said well I, I thought there was no harm in asking so uh, I get it um, they're making uh, the argument is interesting he's changed the argument a little bit of, over what the pleadings uh, over what his response to the motion said uh, saying now the only person harmed was Kerry Lake not Republican and, and other voters uh, they're saying there were two hundred thousand unmatched signatures but again uh, claiming a systemic issue but not actually putting much in the way of evidence out there uh, other than some speculation which is not sufficient on the clear and convincing side uh, it's a tough it's a tough standard uh, in all fairness when you file motion when you file a, a lawsuit to overthrow elections uh, it's a very very high standard to to uh, to get to and I don't know that that's happening here but we'll see if the judge grants these motions to dismiss my expectation we'll see what the judge says when this is over it's still going uh, my expectation is the judge will have a written ruling out today or tomorrow that's my guess probably today that's my guess. Um, all right. I do want to talk about our border, though. Uh, Title 42. You know what that was. Uh, it was a it was really a health regulation that the Trump administration put in place on the border to keep uh, uh, illegal immigrants, migrants, whatever we're going to call them, from coming over the border, basically saying, look, for health reasons, we can't with COVID. We can't have people coming into the country this way uh, because we don't know if they have COVID or other diseases. We can't do it. So it kept them in Mexico. And for a while, it was, you remember, the remain in Mexico policy and all that. Well, Title 42, in essence, put that into law. It was a temporary law in the United States that allowed that allowed our country to keep uh, two and a half million people uh, who came to the country seeking asylum uh, from a immediately getting access into the country while their case was heard. And it was very effective in reducing the number of, of migrants or illegal immigrants that came into the country. That Title 42 has now expired. It's going to expire officially on Wednesday, uh, just in two days. And the concern at the border, uh, including here in Arizona, as you might imagine, is is very high because the number of people requesting asylum, and I have to make sure we understand, there's a, there's a difference between... And that's why I hesitate to call these folks illegal. They're not. They are coming to the United States under our law and presenting themselves at a border crossing at a port of entry and and asking for asylum. They're allowed to do that. Our law says they can do it. Uh, we have laws to say how we how we take care of that, how we govern it, what we do. Um, they're not doing anything illegal. I, I want to be clear about that. People who come to our border and ask for asylum are, are doing that under our law. 
We may not like how our law is currently set up or how it's run or what happens, but that has been something that we've done forever. Um, that's how people from World War II uh, were able to come into the country. They could ask for asylum. It wasn't just people applying for um, immigration rights. It was people who came and said, I'm being persecuted. I'm being harmed. People are being killed, and I want to come to the United States for that uh, to protect myself and my family. That's what this is about. Now, we can argue about what are the standards to allow someone to come here for asylum. Is it something where it's economic opportunity? Is it something where they're in lethal danger? Uh, what's the standard? That we can argue about. But, but let's be clear. Uh, with Title 42, what our concern here is that they're coming, the people are coming in such high numbers um, that it's going to overwhelm the border. And the fear now is, with Title 42 uh, uh, expiring, which appears to be happening, uh, that our border cities and towns in, in Texas and Arizona and California, we're going to be inundated with people. 18,000 a day, they're saying. We, we don't have the resources there to handle this many people at once. Uh, we don't have the court system set up in order to hear, hear these claims or hear these cases. And there are going to be an awful lot of folk coming into the country as asylum seekers waiting for their court cases to be heard. And we're going to have to deal with it. And the Biden administration continues to do what appears to be nothing um, about this. Even you know Democrats are saying in these border states, including our own Kirsten Cinema has said something. Mark Kelly has said something. There are Texas Democratic congressmen saying things that the Biden administration, their policy on, on these folks who are coming here and asking for asylum has been ridiculous. They don't seem to have a, a policy. And if they have one, they're not communicating it well because none of us seem to know what it is. And. I've said this all along. I'm stunned by it. Uh, you want to come in and say what, what the Trump administration did was too harsh. We were separating children from their parents in an effort to uh, in an effort to deter them from coming. That's what that's literally what that policy was. We're going to take kids from their parents because then the word will get out and people won't come and ask for asylum. And I understand this. The, the, a lot of people looked up and said, that's not how we do things here in the United States. We're not going to do that. That's fine. But there needs to be a plan. Um, and really what I would love to see, I'm not sure he can do it, but I would love to see President Biden working with Republicans and Democrats to try to come up with an actual solution. I don't know that it's possible because it is such a third rail in our politics now. Even politicians who know something should be done, that things should be handled differently, they don't do it because they're afraid they're going to be primaried, whether it be on the right or the left. Uh, they're going to be primaried and they're going to lose their seat. So nobody does anything. It's a big fundraising thing. It's a political thing. And people don't want the, the congressmen, our leaders don't want to do anything about it. Um, and it, it harms it harms everybody. Frankly, it harms uh, our, our country. It harms in Arizona. It harms all of us by having uh, an influx of folks who are coming into the country uh, with no jobs, no prospects. I mean, uh, there's a lot of issues here. and It's a, it's a strain on our resources. Uh, and on top of that, I'll be frank with you. It's not fair to the people coming here asking for asylum. Um, they, people should not have to wait a year or two years to have their case heard. Uh, they, they should not have to be living in this level of limbo or being in the country legally. Uh, that should not occur. And and I blame our elected leaders. Uh, I'm not saying this is an easy fix. I'm not saying I have a fix for it. Uh, but what we should be doing is like we do with other things is have people in Congress and in the White House and experts from around the country uh, talk and figure out here's here are some recommendations. And then we tweak them and we negotiate and we come up with a solution. Maybe it doesn't work, but we try to do something to make this work. But Title 42 is expiring on Wednesday. It's going to be a mess uh, at the border uh, that 
I think we can agree on. That seems to, that seems to not be a big argument. Uh, the January 6th uh, committee is going to have their last hearing today at 11 o'clock. We're going to carry it live here on KTAR. In addition to what we expect will be criminal referrals of a former president to the Justice Department, the first time in U.S. history that's ever happened. Uh, the reporting is also that the January 6th committee is going to refer several congressmen to the Ethics Committee, including one of our Arizona congressmen. We'll tell you which one and why this is important next. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Thanks for joining us. We are uh, watching the Kerry Lake uh, oral arguments and the motions to dismiss uh, Kerry Lake's election lawsuit. Watching it right now, uh, it's, uh, I, I mean, I'll just tell you, and I'm not the judge, and I'm not listening to every word, and I haven't read everything, so I, you know, keep everything in mind what I'm saying here, but I will tell you uh, just from what I'm seeing from the oral argument, I, I'm, I'm not seeing enough here from Kerry Lake's attorneys uh, that this will survive. Now, the judge, what I, what I mean by that is the judge may very well grant the motions to dismiss following this hearing today. Uh, that said, the judge may also uh, deny the motions to dismiss and allow Lake to do some very limited, uh, what we call discovery, to some of the things she's requested. And I would expect if he did that, it will, it will only really be... Uh, to avoid the allegation that again we don't get to the evidence, and that's that's not true. By the way, a motion to dismiss is is the only way that's granted is if the plaintiff, in this case Kerry Lake, cannot show enough evidence, cannot show enough basis for the lawsuit to even survive this initial motion. They're not granted very often. Election law is different. The standard is extremely high in election law. The presumption is given that the election was fair and secure. Um, And you have to show evidence under five possible categories uh, that something went wrong. And Lake's lawsuit, first of all, it's so wide. It's just just widespread. It's everything. Here's the kitchen sink of stuff. And her lawyer spent a bunch of time talking about how Twitter uh, because, you know, apparently if Twitter was keeping suppressing certain things, whatever that somehow that affected the election, that's not going to work. <laughs> there's there's nothing. There's no way you can prove that. And it's not going to do anything under Arizona law. So I'm, I'm a little confused at the basis of this lawsuit. I always have been. Uh, I don't see where they're trying to make actually win the lawsuit as much as almost have a, of a PR. Uh, that's a, the, the complaint almost seemed to be more of a PR statement. Um, uh, and to get more attention than anything else. Uh, but uh, we will see. We'll continue to monitor the oral argument. We'll have an update for you as soon as the court issues a decision, which I expect will be later in the day. Coming up at 11 o'clock, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to listen and bring to you live the January 6th committee's last hearing in Washington, D.C., the congressional hearing that looked at what happened on January 6th. Uh, and as part of that hearing, we'll have that for you live on KTR at 11 a.m. Uh, but as part of that refer- part of that report that I think we're about to see, one of the referrals uh, is going to be, uh, in addition to criminal referrals for former President Trump, is a referral to the uh, the House Ethics Committee for our own Andy Biggs, Congress, uh, Congressman Andy Biggs here in Arizona. And part of this, I believe, is his failure to appear in front of the committee despite a request uh, and also other steps he took. And remember, there's evidence out there. There's there's witnesses who testified uh, that that Andy Biggs was involved in the planning of this. Uh, Ali Alexander uh, alleged that, and, and I believe others have as well. But uh, it it fascinates me when Andy Biggs was asked to testify in front of this 
committee, a congressional committee. He's in Congress. They asked him to come and testify. He refused to do so. Why? Why, why would you do that? If, if what you did was proper and correct, and if you really believe there was election fraud and you were doing things on the up and up, why wouldn't you go testify under oath in front of Congress? Why wouldn't you do that? You're, you're a sitting member of Congress. Why wouldn't you show uh, the courtesy and the professionalism to do that? And then in this last election cycle with Andy Biggs, we, we kind of saw what, what he is. Uh, he's a guy who, who talks a big game when he's given a microphone or he puts his stuff out on Twitter. Uh, but when the election was going on, he didn't debate. He refused to debate the, his opponents in his congressional district um, at all. And, and it fascinated me that uh, as much, as much uh, uh, guff as Katie Hobbs received because she didn't want to debate in the gubernatorial race, Andy Biggs – uh, Andy Biggs, who, who's in a, in a hugely uh, Republican district, uh, that a Republican would win almost every time, regardless, refused, uh, doesn't do town hall meetings, uh, doesn't go on with any media other than friendly, you know, goes on with Steve Bannon or people who aren't going to ask him tough questions. Uh, won't, by the way, we've asked Andy Biggs to come on the show today. Uh, I asked him to come on and join me on the program today to talk about what we expect will be a, a referral to the Ethics Committee for an investigation by the House Ethics Committee. Um, they have not responded to that request. And I, uh, if they want to come on any day this week, Andy Biggs is invited to come on with me uh, at any time to talk about this referral. Uh, uh, for the House Ethics Committee investigation into his actions. Um, but this is a guy who doesn't want to answer questions about any of his actions. Andy Biggs is afraid uh, to be asked real questions about things he's doing in, as your representative uh, for Arizona. Uh, and it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. I say this about all politicians, Republican and Democrat. They should speak with media. They should have town halls. They should take questions. And by the way, people should be respectful. Uh, people should be, there shouldn't be threats. There shouldn't be, uh, it should be respectful uh, and respect the office. Uh, but he doesn't do it. And Here's a guy now who's trying to mess up the Republican Party in the Congress uh, by not allow, you know, not letting the guy who has 95 percent of the vote for Speaker of the House uh, in his own party uh, get that and trying to shake that up. I mean, it's there's a point where you're not just not governing. Andy Biggs doesn't govern, by the way. He's just a bumper car, a bumper sticker uh, a shouter. Uh, but on top of that, he's now working actively against his own party, let alone the country. So it's, it's actually very interesting. Uh, but our own Andy Biggs is going to be uh, referred to the House Ethics Committee for an investigation into his ethics. We'll see where that comes out. Uh, but I thought you might be interested in that since he's an Arizona congressman. All right, coming up, um, I'm going to bring you an update uh, on the on the uh, Kerry Lake uh, lawsuit against Katie Hobbs and the Maricopa County and the Secretary of State's office. We'll have an update from the oral argument. Uh, we'll give you an update on the other election uh, lawsuits that are happening in Arizona as we speak. And we're going to play a little bit of uh, Carrie Lake. She spoke over the weekend. She gave a speech. And I'll have to tell you, uh, her rhetoric is getting more and more heated, more and more aggressive, and uh, more and more dangerous. We'll play uh, some of Carrie Lake in her own words. That's next. Uh, I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Markson filling in. Bringing the good Christmas music to you today. All right. 
Coming up at 11 o'clock on KTAR, we're going to have it for you live, the January 6th committee hearing. Uh, they are uh, going to make history today, the first time Congress has ever, uh, in the history of our country, made a criminal referral uh, to the Justice Department of a former president. We're going to have that for you today, and also a local uh, aspect of that as well, as we're expecting Andy Biggs, our local congressman, uh, to refer, refer to the House Ethics Committee for an investigation as well. We'll have that for you locally. Uh, here in Arizona, our elections are over, and yet they're never over. Uh, and we, we've had it... Uh, we had it here today, uh, the oral argument on motions to dismiss Carrie Lake's uh, election lawsuit have concluded this morning. They just ended a few minutes ago, went on for about an hour and a half. And the judge said he will have his decision out as, uh, as shortly. I expect it's going to be today, no guarantee, but I really, truly expect you're going to see a decision on this um, today. And uh, again, from, from my watch of this, and I'm certainly not the most... Um, I haven't read it like the judge has. I haven't looked at it, researched the work. I haven't done all that sort of thing. But I will tell you uh, that in Arizona, to have an election lawsuit proceed and prevail is very, very difficult. It's a very high standard. I don't believe Carrie Lake and her attorneys have satisfied the standard necessary under clear and convincing evidence um, to even survive this motion to dismiss. That said, uh, the court uh, has two options here. One is they will grant the motions to dismiss, uh, and then the Carrie Lake lawsuit will be over. She can appeal, but it'll move very quickly. Uh, or the judge may... Um, may deny the motion to dismiss or uh, postpone that decision in order to allow a limited number amount of discovery um, and an evidentiary hearing, uh, which which has already been tentatively scheduled in the event the motion to dismiss is denied. So we'll see what that decision is most likely before the end of business today. And of course, stay tuned to KTAR. We'll have that for you as it breaks. And by the way, you can follow me on Twitter. I have this uh, been tweeting throughout the show, but also throughout the day on these election issues. I'm at Barry Markson 1, Barry Markson 1. Uh, uh, and I have all the latest updates for you there as well. Uh, but I do want to tell you that um, the county, uh, Maricopa County, uh, and the Secretary of State's office and uh, in- incoming uh, Governor Hobbs all have attorneys here. They've all been sued by Kerry Lake. And they asked the court not just to dismiss the lawsuit, but to award them sanctions. They're asking the court to have Kerry Lake and her and her, her attorneys pay sanctions uh, for this lawsuit. And if it's not brought uh, with actual background, with an actual real basis, uh, that may be that may happen here. Um, there were other arguments brought. I mean, the the Kerry the Lake attorneys uh, are claiming a widespread conspiracy here uh, with intentionality that includes Twitter, uh, that somehow the, the voices were suppressed on Twitter and that affected the outcome. They want to bring in an, a so-called expert to talk about that, which is uh, ha- would have nothing to do with election law in Arizona or under the Arizona statute as being admissible evidence. Um, they have uh, claims about signature verification. They brought in signature envelopes uh, that the that really they shouldn't have even had. Uh, and we should all be concerned about this, by the way. Those are, those are envelopes that we mail in with our signature, with our information on it. I don't want that in the hands of other people. So we don't even know how her attorneys or how Carrie Lake got that information uh, or those documents, but they filed thousands of those with the court alleging signature verification issues in 2020. Has nothing to do with this, but in 2020. Um, it's to, to say that there's a lack of evidence to support the claims in this lawsuit is is to say it is to say it nicely. Um, so we will see what the judge does with that. Coming up at one thirty today, uh, the Abe Hamaday lawsuit uh, moves further uh, forward, and there'll be an oral argument on the motion to dismiss that lawsuit at one thirty today. We'll continue to have that for you live here on KTAR and with me on Twitter at Barry Markson one, um, and then also. I wanted to play a little bit of this. It's it's really amazing to me. It actually makes me kind of sad that this is going on. Uh, but Carrie Carrie Lake, uh, she spoke over the weekend at a, a turning point type of a 
America Fest thing they had over the weekend that people actually pay money to go hear these folks. And the rhetoric that Kerry Lake is espousing now in Arizona is not only ridiculous, uh, but dangerous. I wanted you to hear it in her own words. They have built a house of cards here in Maricopa County. I think they're all wondering what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what, I'm not just going to knock that house of cards over. We're going to burn it to the ground. I mean, she's literally talking about burning the county, burning the county people to the ground. She spoke about... um County officials, these are Republicans, by the way. <laughs> these are not even Democrats. She spoke about uh, Republican Maricopa County officials. I-, I want you to hear this. And when all of their cheating was not enough, they did something even bigger. Two days after Election Day, 25,000 ballots just magically appeared. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I have to tell you, I do this on Twitter all day sometimes. Uh, these claims that just keep popping up, popping up, popping up. As soon as you knock one down, it's like a whack-a-mole. One pops up, you walk it down, another one pops up. And, and I love these folks, conspiracy people, when, they, when you answer a question with actual facts... They don't accept it. They just move on with another question. And the, the conspiracies never end. They never actually end. It's really, it's really pretty amazing. This is the, the magicians down at Maricopa County. They magically appeared. They didn't have enough cheating by two days after the election. They had to inject 25,000 more votes. These people are crooks. They need to be locked up. And I think they knew that when I got into office, that is precisely what we were going to do with them. I, I mean, it's just, it's incredible now calling to imp- for imprisonment of Maricopa County officials with no evidence of wrongdoing. Um, I, I mean, I have to tell you, it's, it's really, to call somebody a crook is libelous unless you have evidence of that. Now, it's a public square and, you know, I, I'm not saying it's going to work into a libel lawsuit, but um, at some point it could. Uh, if this continues on and the the rhetoric is dangerous, the anger level is dangerous. I hope Carrie Lake stops with this because she's not going to be the governor of Arizona. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, she's not going to win these ele- these election fights overall. And her anger, uh, which is I, I don't know if it's fake or just completely um, delusional, uh, but it's dangerous for Arizona. It's simply not good for the state. Here's more of Carrie Lake. You know what we have right now? Sham elections. Rigged elections. We have elections that are being run by fraudsters. I mean, this is the person, she she was very close to becoming the governor of Arizona. I, I'm just, I, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, whether you like Carrie Lake or not, this can't be the person that leads us. It can't, you can't be. If you're a conservative Republican, and this is what you're hearing in regards to our elections here in Arizona and in Maricopa County, which are run by Republicans, the, the laws in Arizona, the election laws in Arizona were all made by Republican legislator, legislatures with Republican governors. Um, the, the law, the election in Maricopa County is run by Republicans. The Board of Supervisors is four out of five of them are Republicans and has been forever. Uh, the county the, the county recorder uh, who runs mail-in ballots is a Republican. Uh, I mean, t- this this rhetoric of cheating and, and fraudsters and things, it's just simply not true. And yet, unfortunately, there are people who believe it because she keeps saying it. 
Bill Gates. And not the rich guy. We got the bureaucrat Bill Gates. <laughs> there's two Bill Gates. There's the rich guy who's acting like a doctor pushing vaccines. And here in Maricopa County, we have the bureaucrat Bill Gates who's trying to act like our elections are free and fair when they're not. Yeah, no, they are free and fair. And, you know, one thing I'll just point out to everybody that at every stage of the election here in Maricopa County and around the state of Arizona, at every stage where the ballots are, there are always Republican and Democratic observers at every single stage. There's not a point where those ballots are out of the eyes of uh, out of monitoring from Republicans and Democrats. And even the Republican Party will tell you that that's true, that they have people there at every step of the way. So. I'm I'm hoping after these uh, lawsuits are concluded, I'm hoping uh, that most people move on. uh, But I'm gathering from Carrie Lake that she's going to take her loss, just an an absolute historic loss, and she's going to turn it into some sort of ongoing grift where she speaks and makes money and somehow tries to stay relevant. That's that's what I'm seeking. I'm hoping most of us can turn the other way. All right, coming up, uh, January 6th, the January 6th hearing is going to be speaking live in about 15 minutes. We'll have it for you live on KTAR, and I'm going to give you a preview of what to expect uh, in that hearing. Stay with us. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson with you in for Broomhead. Thanks for joining us. Coming up in uh, just a few minutes, we're going to have it live on KTAR, the January 6th committee. We'll have their last hearing. Uh, They're going to give you a summary of their overall findings. Uh, And as has been reported, uh, they are going to make criminal referrals, at least as we've been told, three, at least three criminal referrals uh, of former President Trump to the Justice Department requesting that criminal charges be filed. That doesn't uh, does not have any. uh, any uh, standing. It doesn't that doesn't mean they have to file charges. The Justice Department will only do that if they believe the evidence is there and if they want to do that. Uh, but it is the first time in the history of our country, the first time in the history of the United States uh, that the Congress has uh, referred a former president uh, for criminal charges. It's really an amazing thing. And I, I will tell you as somebody who watched the January 6th hearings, and I'm, I'm hoping we hear some of this uh, during the hearing that will be carried live here on KTAR. The findings were amazing. The evidence that was presented for the January 6th hearing was absolutely compelling. And and I know for a lot of folks, it's, you know, they don't want to go backwards or it's, you know, you're a Republican or a Trump person and you, you don't want to hear it. Um, I hope you'll I hope you'll listen in uh, because. The evidence that was presented was not Democrats uh, testifying. It wasn't opinion. It wasn't the congressmen and women giving their, you know, their their jaded opinions. It was testimony under oath from former Trump employees in the White House. This is his inner circle. I'm talking about uh, his White House counsel, his assistant or deputy White House counsel, um, his deputy uh, chief of staffs, uh, several people in that respect, several people, including the chairman of his campaign and the campaign manager and other uh, other people. These are Trump. Trump's inner circle people who testified under oath and gave just damning testimony about Trump and what he was trying to do. And the bottom line, what he was trying to do and the people around him were trying to do was keep him in power as president, even though he lost the election. Uh, The stuff about fraud, uh, the stuff about the election was stolen, they knew that wasn't true. Trump knew it wasn't true. He still knows it's not true. 
And he did it because he couldn't bear giving up the power and people who wanted him to remain in power, even though he lost. And we don't do that here. We don't do that in the United States. And I have to tell you, there's Republicans, Democrats as well, obviously, but there were Republicans who were in office who stood up and did their jobs, starting with Governor Ducey here in Arizona. I I have plenty to say about Governor Ducey that's not always positive, but Governor Ducey did his job. Mark Brnovich did his job uh, in certifying the election results in Arizona under tremendous pressure from the president of the United States and many people in his circle who were encouraging them not to do so. And you ask, well, why? Why would they do that? Well, not because there was evidence of fraud, not because there was evidence an election was stolen, because there is no evidence of that. They did it because Trump wanted to stay in office even though he lost. It's, it's truly as simple as that. And if they got Arizona and a few other states to somehow muddy the water by saying we either don't know – who won the election in Arizona, so we can't tell you which electoral votes to count, or sending, they did, uh, Republicans including Kelly Ward and her husband, sending a slate of fake electors that they knew was fake, that they literally said in emails, Kelly Ward and others saying in emails, we're concerned this is treasonous, and sent those fake electors to the Congress in an effort to sway the Congress to either say Arizona's votes can't be certified or to simply say certify the Republican slate. And it wasn't just Arizona. It was Michigan. It was Pennsylvania. It was, it was um, uh, Wisconsin. They were trying to steal the election. Literally. That's what was going on here. Trump wanted to stay in power even though he lost. And the evidence of that, that's not me talking. That's the evidence that was presented during these January 6th committee hearings. So I am absolutely going to be glued to this. I want to hear uh, these opening statements that we're going to hear in just a few minutes live on KTR. I want to hear what they say. I want to hear about these findings. And I want to hear about the criminal referrals that we're expecting to hear from the January 6th congressional uh, uh, committee. We're going to have that here for you live on KTR. So Here's how this is going to work. Coming up in just a couple minutes, Jeff Munn will bring you uh, an, uh, a KTR news update. We'll have everything for you, uh, including what's happening here uh, uh, locally uh, with the uh, uh, Katie Hobbs uh, and Carrie Lake lawsuit. And then right after that, we'll carry it for you live, the January 6th committee hearings. I'm Barry Markson. Stay with us. It's KTAR.